good this morning? The blood of Jesus Christ, one who cleanses from all sin, one who came to us when we couldn't come to him. What a God we serve. Brother Jordan came in a while ago. He said, hey, we're back to a normal Sunday finally. <laughs> no shortened services. Christmas is over. New Year's is over with, and we're glad to be here. How many can you believe it's 2023 already? My goodness gracious. I remember sitting in high school, even grade school, thinking, I'll never live that long. Well, God saw different. Went to the bank the other day, just in mid-December, and the lady knows me there quite well. And she said, oh, she was looking. you got a birthday coming up. I said, I wish I didn't. She said, I, if you don't mind, I'll keep on having mine. So I guess that's a good point there. But anyway, it's great to be saved today. It's great to know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. If your Bibles, you can stand with me, Proverbs 23. Proverbs 23, beginning of verse 29. The topic this morning is a Christian and alcohol. Proverbs 23, verses 29 through 35. Give you a moment to get there. Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? They that tarry long at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth its, his color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright, at the last it bites like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and thine heart shall utter perverse things. Yea, thou shalt be as he that lies down on the midst of the sea. Or as he that lies on top of a mast. They have stricken me, thou shalt say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? And those are the last sentence. I will seek it yet again. Father, I pray this morning you'll open our hearts and our eyes, our spiritual eyes. God, to see the truth from God's Word and to know, Lord, that you expect better things from your children. Father, draw us near to you. Challenge us today. We pray it all in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. You can be seated. These few verses I just read from the book of Proverbs this morning give us the most actually the longest and the most articulate warning in the book of Proverbs against drunkenness. It's not the only time it's mentioned. He mentions in chapter 20, verse 1 of Proverbs. tells us wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever deceived thereby is not wise. 
chapter 20, verses 23 and 21. Be not among wine-bibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh. For the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. Proverbs 31, verse 4 and 5. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. <coughs> In our text this morning, Proverbs 23, 29 through 35, there are actually six questions asked. And these six questions call attention to emotional problems, woe and sorrow. They call attention to social problems, contentions and babblings. And they call attention to physical problems, wounds from beatings or bumping into things when staggering around and bloodshot eyes. And all of these problems come from lingering long over wine and mixed drink. The Bible says that wine appears to be attractive. It is red. It sparkles in the glass. It is smooth to the senses of sight and taste. But it doesn't end there. The Bible says eventually it's, just, it's devastating. It's as devastating and painful as a snake bite. What a warning. Drunkenness leads to mental problems, hallucinations, imagining confusing, perverse or normal things. Physically, a drunkard is off balance when he walks. In his stupor, he may imagine himself moving like a sailor, swelling on top of a ship's rigging. Also, as a drunkard, is insensitive to pain when people hit them. But the sad thing is, when he awakes, the Bible says, give me another drink. Alcohol controls him. He's a slave to wine. What a sad, sad, sad commentary. Let's meet for drinks. Let's get smashed. I'll bring the beer. You bring the wine. Words we can hear all around us any day of the week. So many venues are pushing alcoholic consumption. Help me out, make sure I'm not misunderstanding things. I think Bob Edmonds started serving alcohol recently. 
Cracker Barrel. Family restaurants where four or five years ago it simply wouldn't happen. We see it at all kinds of restaurants. It's hard to go to a nice eating place that doesn't have a bar. We're consumed with alcohol. We see it in movies. We see it in commercials. And they glamorize it. But I wonder, why don't they ever show you a picture of a man who's lost his family because of it? Lost everything they have. And the sad thing is, a lot of people respond, and the sadder than that, a lot of members of the body of Christ are saying, it's no big deal. What's, what's the big deal anyway? I mean, Jesus turned water into wine. Did he? I mean, Jesus drank wine. Didn't he? It, it has to be okay. And besides that, I'm not a drunkard. I'm just a casual drinker. Now, if you've been serving Christ for a very long time at all, you know that the debate about what the Bible says about drinking alcohol has been going on forever. And the battle still rages. But I think my question this morning is this. What is the church's obsession with something that has absolutely no spiritual value? Somebody say amen. What is our obsession with something that will not help us at all in our walk with Jesus Christ, but has everything that could bind us in addiction and literally destroy our lives. Why are we so obsessed with it? Unless I miss my guess, I dare say that every one of us know at least one person, someone, who has been bitten by alcohol and their lives were destroyed by it. I am brokenhearted to say I buried one of my brothers this past year because of that. Smooth in the glass. Smooth to the temptation. Smooth to the senses. But in the end... It bites like a snake. Today we have a serious problem in our society in drinking alcoholic beverages. And unfortunately, it's become a perplexing issue within the body of Christ. What's wrong with it? What's the big deal about it? I'm convinced there's a great deal 
of ignorance. There's a lack of knowledge concerning this subject, especially what does the Bible say about it. Lord willing, we'll deal with that part next week. But this morning, I want to take some time. And I want to share some sobering facts. And by the way, these come from the National Institute of Alcohol Abuse in America. Let me give you the the statistics, the prevalence. Almost 86% of people 18 years and older say they have drank at some time in their lives. Almost 70% say we've drank in the last year. Almost 55% say I've drank in the last month. Something else we're dealing with is binge drinking and heavy alcohol use. Now... To me, I don't. I, now, by the way, I, I I don't drink, never have, never will. Um, in fact, it's frugal bad. We we take a stand on total abstinence. But I read that binge drinking is a pattern of drinking that raises blood alcohol level to a certain point zero eight or higher, and normally it happens in a woman after four drinks or more, uh, a man after five drinks. And binge drink would say this, this happened in a period of over of just two hours' time. That's binge drinking. So twenty, almost twenty-six percent of people, eighteen years and older, say they engaged in binge drinking this past month. Seven percent, almost seven percent of that group. Say they engage in heavy alcohol use this past month. So we take that 6% and 25.8%, almost 32% this past month have indulged in some kind of heavy drinking. And because of that, there's a syndrome called alcohol use disorder. It affects almost 15 million people 12 years and older. And of those 15 million people who suffer from alcohol use disorder, only about 7% seek treatment. I mean, after all, I don't have a problem. After all, I only drink now and then. I mean, after all, I, I, I only drink to be sociable. But they have a problem. And they don't admit it. Now, this blows my mind. We're talking about alcohol use disorder. Youth, ages 12 to 17. It's, it's an estimated 414,000 young people between the ages of 12 and 17, are affected by alcohol use disorder. 
I don't know about you, but that shocks me. That shocks me. Alcohol-related emergencies and death. According to this Institute of Alcohol Abuse, some 95,000 people die from alcohol-related causes every year. 95,000 people. That makes alcohol the third leading preventable cause of death in the United States. Number one is tobacco. Number two is poor diet and physical activity. Alcohol is number three. And you're trying to tell me it's okay to drink? Nothing wrong with it? In 2019, about three years ago, four years ago now, alcohol-impaired driving fatalities accounted for 10,142 deaths. 28% of people who died in automobile accidents died from alcohol-related, from drunk driving. There's also the economic burden. In 2010, this is the newest one I can come up with, alcohol misuse in the United States cost us $249 billion. Almost $250 billion. Globally, Three million deaths. About five percent of all global deaths are because of alcohol. It's no big deal. I beg to differ. In 2018, the World Health Organization reported that alcohol consumption contributed to more than 200 diseases and injury-related health conditions. Liver disease, road injuries, violence, cancers, cardiovascular disease, suicides, tuberculosis, 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 and AIDS. Worldwide, alcohol misuse was the seventh leading risk factor of premature death and disability. From people ages 15 to 49, alcohol misuse is the first leading risk factor for premature death, even more than smoking. In 2016, about 14% of total deaths among people 20 to 39 were alcohol-related. And the consequences to the families is devastating in the United States. About 7.5 million children in, in America, 17 and younger, live with a parent 
who has alcohol disorder. Ten and a half percent. Underage drinking. 2019. Almost 40%. 12 to 20 year olds reported they have had at least one drink in their lives. About 7 million people ages 12 to 20 say we've drank alcohol this last month. Almost 4.5 million people ages 12 to 20 report binge drinking. 12 years old. Reporting binge drinking this past month. Eight hundred twenty-five thousand people, ages twelve through twenty, reported heavy drinking this last month. Smooth in the glass. Pleading to the senses, but it bites like a serpent. There are consequences of alcohol abuse. Research indicates that alcohol use during teenage years can interfere with the normal adolescent brain development, but also increases the risk of alcohol disorder. Underage drinking also contributes to things like injuries, sexual assaults, overdoses and deaths, including those from motor vehicle crashes. 47%, 18 to 22, said so they drank in the last month. Of that group, 52% of those were full-time college students. Almost 30% of adults, 18 to 22, said they were binge drinking in the last month. Of that group, 33% were full-time college Students. That's men's drinking. 7% say they were involved with heavy alcohol use, if not binge drinking. 8% of college students say they were. Alcohol is a factor in the deaths of thousands of people ages 18 to 22 every year in our country. Over 1,500 of those are college students, ages 18 to 24, who died from alcohol-related unintentional injuries, including motor vehicle crashes. It also affects the human body. It is estimated that every year there are just over almost, almost 86,000 liver diseases. 43% of those liver diseases Involve alcohol. 43%. Of all those who died from cirrhosis of the liver, almost 50% were alcohol related. And that increased to 76% from those between the ages of 25 to 34. 
In ages 35 to 44, 72% died. Alcohol related. From 2014, I'm sorry, 2010 to 2016, alcohol related liver diseases was the primary cause of almost one out of three liver transplants in America. Could have been avoided. Could have been avoided. And by the way, it replaced hepatitis C as a leading cause of liver transplants. Research tells us that those who misuse alcohol have a greater risk of liver disease, a greater risk of heart disease, depression, stroke, stomach bleeding, cancers of the oral cavity, esophagus, larynx, pharynx, liver, colon, and even the rectum. Alcohol consumption is associated with the increased risk of drowning, Injuries from violence, falls, and motor vehicle crashes. Alcohol consumption is also associated with an increased risk of female breast cancer. Now, by the way, I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about consumption. Drinking it. Alcohol consumption. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, I read things like that. That's enough to promote abstinence. Stay away from the stuff. Beer and wine are the prop are, are they are the two most commonly consumed alcoholic beverages around the world. I want you to know that our country is drowning in alcohol. In 2017, in the United States alone, it is estimated, now hear me. 65 billion 12-ounce beers were consumed in one year. 4 billion bottles of wine and 29 billion drinks of distilled liquor. They estimate that this year, 2023, the revenue from alcohol this year, 2023, would exceed $297 billion. We are drowning in alcohol. Beer makes up about 53% of all alcohol sales. Now, folks, hear me and hear me well. Beer is known as the gateway drug. Let us sink in. Beer is known as the gateway drug. Beer is cheap. Now, I guess I've never bought a bottle of beer in my life. It's easy to get. And unless I miss my guess, if you were to talk to any heroin addict, if you were to talk to any opioid addict, you talk to any alcoholic, they will tell you, 
My problem started with one beer. The gateway drug. Now, wine makes up about 16%. But I want you to know there's an astronomical amount of alcohol being consumed every day in our nation. Let's go back to our adolescence. How many remember those days? Okay. Do you remember growing up, the milestones in your life? What was probably the first thing you looked forward to growing up? Getting what? Driver's license. Now, kids today, not so much. But man, when I was 14, 13, 14, you couldn't wait to get your driver's license. That was your first milestone. Now, I grew up in the state of Illinois, and in Illinois, until you were 18, your driver's license was only valid uh, from like 6 o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock at night. And after that, they were, they were considered invalid. So then you, you wanted to turn 18, of course. But, man, you, you wanted to get those driver's licenses. Milestone number one. The second milestone that most people look forward to was graduating high school. We got our driver's license. Let's make it through high school. But the third milestone back in the day, and even today, is being old enough to legally purchase alcohol. (laughs) I know for a fact there are families and when their child turns 21, guess what they do? They go out and they celebrate by participating and consuming. That now they're old enough to legally purchase and consume alcohol. Almost every society, every country in our world, has what is known as a rite of passage. The rite of passage. You've got to go through something in order to become an adult. And this is especially true for males. If you want to be considered a man, you must first perform some dangerous, difficult task. And if you do that, you will become or considered a man, the rite of passage. In Australia, there's one one group, one social group. The young boys go on a walkabout with their father or other male. And they go on that walkabout for up to six months in the outback. In that, in that walkabout, they follow their ancestors' trails and they mimic their survival skills that was used back in the day. And once they finish that walkabout, they're considered a man. The right passage. I'm glad I don't live in Amazon or in Australia. 
the Amazons. One culture in the Amazons, they pour poison into your eyes to enhance your senses while you are being beaten and whipped. (coughs) Then they inject you with frog toxin to cause you to be nauseous and to vomit. I'm glad I don't live in the Amazon either. Africa. Young boys must hunt a lion using only a spear. Now that would probably take days. They had to track the lion and then they had to kill it. Now I don't think my dad was being completely honest with me, but he told me he was so bad, I'm so mean when he was a boy, he'd go bear hunting with a toothpick. Don't think that was true, okay? But in Africa, you've got to hunt a, a lion with a spear. But when I think about those things, and I certainly wouldn't want to do those, in our country, a boy is often considered a man based on how much alcohol he can consume. And once he's able to consume a large enough amount of alcohol to where he begins to vomit profusely, And passes out. Only then does he feel like he's all grown up. A rite of passage. And you tell me it's harmless? You tell me it doesn't really matter? I think it does. Because once that happens, once that happens, that person faces the danger of becoming a full-blown alcoholic. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. But we always hear today that alcoholism is a disease. Now, I can't argue that point. I don't know. But one thing I know for sure, if you never take the first drink, you will never become an alcoholic. Did you hear what I said? You will never become an alcoholic. Because every alcoholic, everyone without fail, started with one drink. And they ended up living in shame. They had no money. They would lose their family. And they ended up living a defeated life. And here's what I want everyone to know. My friend, it takes more character to refuse alcohol than it does to drink it. Let's be men and women and stand up and say no. Let's take biblical principles and understand that alcohol is dangerous. It bites like a serpent. The average man, their consumption peaks at age 25 at around 13 drinks per week. Women, about four drinks per week. But let me give you a little bit of good news. And I'm part of this group. And I hope you are. 30% of of Americans don't drink at all. 
I was surprised that high. I wish it were higher. But 30% of Americans do not drink at all. Another, another 30% say, well, if I do drink, it's average is less than one drink per week. I'm glad to hear that. I know you love statistics, right? I can tell how bored you are. But I hope we open our eyes this morning. Knowing those statistics, as a man of God, how can I stand up here and say it's okay to drink? How can I stand up here and say it really doesn't make a difference? And I want to ask you, how can I stand up here and say that Jesus Christ would condone this? That he would say, it's okay. I believe that Jesus would condemn it. Now, by the way, just a couple more things we're done for today because I want to bring some more biblical stuff in next week. I read this past week, and I don't know how many are doing it. They're on the bandwagon. But at least one or two churches have started out what they call beers and hymns. Beers and hymns. Another, at least one of the churches I read about this past week decided instead of serving coffee and donuts alone, they'd offer beer in their fellowship all before church. Another church group, now this is not denominated, this is church. I, I don't even have, didn't, didn't even get the names of it, it doesn't matter. They got to thinking. You know, if, if they're expecting almost 300 million in sales in 2023, let's join the bandwagon. We can make some money by selling alcohol at church and give some of the proceeds to mission work. I say keep your money. Why not take some time and teach your folks how to tithe? Amen. Why not take some time and show them the Word of God on biblical tithing? Why, why not take some time and, and if you want to support other works, and by the way, almost every good Bible teacher I hear on the radio, when they ask for your money, they will always say, give your tithe to the church. But why not teach on living on less than you make and give this surplus to other ministries as well? Why not teach biblical reasons and ways to make money? Folks, I want to tell you, when the church begins to lean toward the world in doing things, we're in trouble. And the same is true with alcohol. Did Jesus turn the water into wine? Did he drink wine? Nobody's answering to me. Are you afraid to? What was wine? What's the difference between it then and now? You remember at that wedding, we'll talk about it next week, 
They had a bunch of water pots. Why not drink the water? Let's stand together. Father, we need your help this morning. The facts speak for themselves. And God, we know the Bible warns the dangers of alcohol use and abuse. And Father, I pray for us as a church, as individual Christians, Lord, that we would take a stand on biblical truth. And I would have to ask my question, myself a question. Why would I want to get involved in something like alcohol that offers absolutely no spiritual value to my life? Why would I want to put myself in danger of abusing it and losing everything that I have? So, Father... If I'm going to drink wine, I'll drink the new wine. The wine of Jesus Christ, my Lord. The living water that you provide. Father, I pray for our nation, a nation that's lost its way. I pray for those who are unsaved today, Lord. Speak to their hearts. And God draws each one near to you. We ask in the precious name of Christ.